Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey, Life Uncloseted listeners. I am so glad to have you here with me today. You know this is our podcast where we talk about those closets of our lives. We dump our excuses, we face our fears, and we create those lives of living unapologetically. And... Today is going to be an interesting conversation because a lot of times when we come to those closets of our lives and we're like, I want to do this thing. I want to like break out. I want to be free. We go for the really big stuff and then we're like, okay, I failed. I can't do it. I can't make it happen. And a fellow podcaster, a friend of mine is joining us today. We have been at Podcast Movement and other podcasting events together. We're pretty sure we've met somewhere, but it's so interesting when you're in these worlds. But he is an amazing guy. His name is Greg Clunas, and he's the author of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. And I wanted to bring him in because I feel like whatever that closet is of your life, whether it's coming out of the closet around your sexuality, or you're going to come out of the closet to say, I'm an entrepreneur, or you're saying, I can't do this relationship, or maybe you're even coming out of the closet to say, I'm going to create a podcast. It's the tiny leaps that can get you to those big changes better than anything else. So let's dive in with Greg and talk about goals and getting there and all that great stuff. So welcome to the podcast, Greg. Glad to have you here, man. Rick, thank you so much for having me. This is an absolute honor. Yeah. So I love your mission. I love where you're going. You've been featured on BuzzFeed, Inc., Forbes, Capital One, all these great things. What was like that big thing for you? Like, you know, that I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta do something and whatever's I'm doing isn't working. What was that moment for you, man? So for me, it was quite honestly, it happened a a long time ago. So for context, I'm, I'm 28 now. Uh, I got into personal development back when I was 13. So I remember spending the summers in Florida when I was 13, my brother, put this huge book in front of me and said, Hey, you have to finish this book by the end of the summer. Um, and my brother, he's a big dude. He's like 10 years older than me. He's a bodybuilder kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So a little bit afraid of him. Um, and, and little 13 year old Greg was not necessarily going to risk seeing what happens if I don't finish. So I sat right down on. and I read the book and it was this, uh, this book by Tony Robbins. Um, and the the book was Awaken the Giant Within. And it just sort of opened up my mind in this moment to the idea that uh, you have control over the direction your life goes in. Because ultimately, it comes down to the choices that we make on each individual day. Now, when we see the actual result of things, when we get to the point where the, the result is in front of us, we're facing it, it's hard to remember which choices led to that point. Right? It's hard to make that link, but ultimately it does come down to things happen that we don't control, things happen that uh, we can't do anything about, 
but we always choose how we react to it. We always choose what we do in response to it. So it really opened my mind to this idea. Fast forward a few years, uh, I've uh, now read a, a, a ton of personal development books. I've been inv involved in the space and uh, I started my podcast back when I was 23. So the podcast is called Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, just like the title of the book. And it was meant to be um, a, almost like a, an exploration of the personal development space, uh, a, a place that I had been involved in from the age of 13, a place that I found uh, home in, in a lot of ways, I thought was getting corrupted in the sense that Instagram was popular, Facebook, YouTube, all of these like content platforms made personal development a place to say things that sound cute and sound nice. And they, they, they're easy to remember, but they don't actually mean anything and they don't actually help us in any way. And that unfortunately has this side effect of for, uh, excuse me, causing a lot of people in the world who need personal development the most like they're in the position where journaling and meditation and all of the things that we know work would help them so much but they're turned away from it because they look and they see all of the fluffy nonsense that makes no sense um so so i started this podcast to try and combat that and after the first two three years it's now been almost five years that i've been hosting it my dad sat me down and this is to this is uh, directly answering your question here. The thing that really made it like, you know what, I'm done doing things the way that I used to do it was this moment when my dad sat me down. The podcast was successful. I was in the middle of writing my first book. Um, I, I was working full time in New York City. I like my dreams, everything that I wished for as a kid was right there. He sat me down and he said, you know what, you have the potential to be so successful but you're going to screw it up because you don't stick to things long enough. And I remember being so like PO'd at him for telling me that because I just didn't want to hear it. Like I thought I was like it. I thought I was doing the right thing. I, I started this thing and it was growing and helping people. And like I, I, I was into it. But here he is pointing out, hey, you're still not willing to commit. You're still not willing to go for it and actually make this into something that, that matters. Um, and it's only uh, about two years ago he passed away. Once he passed away, those words finally sank in and I started to realize, you know what? I have something here that people need, people listen to, people read, right. and, and it helps them in a major way. And I'm I'm not taking advantage of it. I'm not putting in the work that I know should be put in. I'm not doing the things I know should be done in order to help as many people as possible. So once he passed away, that really for me was, to, to use your words, that was the coming out of the closet moment. That's when I decided, you know what, I'm going to give this a real shot. I'm going to actually commit to this, actually push for something bigger than just this cool thing I'm doing. And, and uh, about two years later, two and a half years later, like, I, I'm, I couldn't be happier with where things are going. So it really just comes back to this moment of uh, my, my dad pointing out like, hey, you're so capable, but you're, you're, not, you're not there yet. You have to keep going. Such a great story. And it's such a great moment when those things show up for you when you least expect it, number one, and then they actually resonate in a different space and time when you most need it. 
And mm-hmm. I, I've had, you know, people ask me, oh, wow, you must be really excited because you have these two podcasts you do and a book and everything. And, you know, you must really be doing great. I'm like, well, it isn't really the podcast and the book that makes it great. That's a piece of the puzzle. They're both all pieces of the puzzle. But what makes it great is I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm, I'm doing the thing that brings me alive. And mm-hmm. I'm able to be in the world in the way that I most want to be in the world. That's what's great. Yes, these are pieces that help me get there. But what's great is that what I get to do is the thing that I most want to do, which is help other people. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I'm not somebody who like greatly looks at the downloads. I'm not somebody who's like, okay, how many followers do I have? Because every month I get, and I don't really like this word validation, but I, I, I like, I like to use the word confirmation mm-hmm. that what I'm doing is having an impact because I'll get new clients or I'll have people showing up to, you know, some of the online chats that I do to support them. And even this past week, I had somebody show up on one of my coming out chats for men all the way from India. And I'd never even interacted with this guy before. And it was like, it was just such a beautiful moment. And he was so alive and so excited. He's like, I found a community where I can talk about what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. And even after the fact that we did that, and that he sent me an email and said, I'm so glad I found this community. I hope we do more of this. And, you know, I told him, yeah, we do this every couple of weeks. And he goes, and I'm so excited that I found your podcast. And then that led me to you. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about me that in that moment, it wasn't about me. It was like, it was about him. He found somewhere that he felt safe and where he felt like he could talk about his stuff. And in the world that we get to play in, Greg, which I love that you started this personal development really young. I feel like I kind of was in a very similar space because I started questioning things like really early in my life. Not quite as young as you, but I would say, yeah, in high school, because I was in a church um, related high school. So every I was raised Seventh Day Adventist. So all the way up through my second year, oh, of college, I was raised Seventh Day too. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, so you can totally relate then to <laughs> what I'm about to say here. And so I was in high school, and you know, then I got to college, and it was in those years I started kind of questioning things. Mm-hmm. And that questioning has served me so well through my life because it got me into the personal development world. It got me thinking about, well, what does a coach look like? It got me reading. It got me exploring and looking at things from different angles. And I feel really lucky that now that's kind of what I get to do every day. Yeah. It's part of who I am. So tiny leaps. What is something that you have found that got you to this space where you realize it's the tiny leaps that have the huge impact as much as the big ginormous, like, okay, here we go. What's something yeah. for you that it was like, okay, this is what it's the kind of the secret sauce to Greg. Well, it's so funny because the more, the older that I get, the more I'm starting to realize how much everything that has happened thus far in my life uh, is connected and, mm-hmm. and is, is there mm-hmm. to sort of serve where my life is going. What I mean by that is it all goes back to that question of consistency. So whether it's my dad sitting me down and telling me that I'm, I'm not staying consistent enough with things, or it's those few moments I've noticed throughout my life where I am consistent and all of a sudden 
I'm in a totally different place than I was in the beginning. This big change has happened and it's because I showed up over and over again for a long period of time. Um, that when I, when I originally started the show and I came up with that name, the thoughts I had in mind were all of these decisions I made in college. So I, um, I, I, by the end of college, I had had five different majors. Now I finished as an art major, but I was super indecisive. I went in as marketing. Uh, at some point I was a psychology major, economics, computer science. Um, and, and I ended up finishing with an art major and in a computer science minor. And there were these decisions I made throughout college, uh, where I spent a weekend teaching myself to code or I learned graphic design. And there were just these random decisions. They weren't related to coursework. It was just, hey, I'm interested in this right right this second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my first job out of college ended up using every single one of those skills that I learned on my own. Yep. And, and that's the reason I got the job because mm-hmm. uh, at the time, I had a sent out 100-something resumes, didn't get any responses. Finally, I decided, you know what, the next one I send out, I'm also going to send them work. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a, a real estate company in the city, in New York City. Um, and I sent the resume. Then I found the marketing contact because uh, that's the division I wanted to work in. And I rebuilt their entire website mm-hmm. in about two or three nights and sent that to the, the head of marketing. Uh, lo and behold, I got a callback. Now, is that the only reason? Who knows? Like, maybe I would have gotten one without it. I have no idea. But I know that I didn't get one up until that point. And right. that came from, like, that had nothing to do with my marketing skills. That was the computer science part. That mm-hmm. was the art part. So mm-hmm. I started to realize when I was coming up with the concept for this show, all of these little decisions I made that at the moment felt like, oh, I'm just curious about this. Like, this isn't for my career. This isn't for anything. I just want to know this. All of these tiny little decisions, they always came back to serve me in some way, in ways that I could not even imagine. And that's where the idea Tiny Leaps, Big Changes came from was all of those things that you're deciding right now, you can't connect the dots. You have no idea what they're going to lead to. But if you keep doing them, they're going to lead somewhere and they're always going to serve you at some point in the future as long as you keep doing that thing. Um, So that was the big realization for me. And since then, I mean, talking to listeners, uh, my own life experience, like seeing this philosophy play out of focusing on what can I do right now to accomplish that might might lead to accomplishing this thing as opposed to well, I want to do this thing, but it feels so overwhelming. Like seeing that play out, it, it's, it's powerful. It is powerful. I feel like, because I'm so much older than you, but I feel like we're actually like two brothers from two different mothers because everything you just described is like my life right on the same screen. <laughs> it's so crazy. So I started college, you know, Seventh-day Adventist college, like, okay, playing by the rules, all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to accounting. I'm going to be in a pre-law major. Got into that. I'm like, Oh God, I freaking hate accounting. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, let's see what, Oh, let's try computers. Nope. Not good at that. I'm more artistic, all this sort of stuff, but I love food. So I'm like, okay, God, I'd love to do hotel restaurant management. Well, that wasn't going to happen in the seventh day Adventist college. So settled for dietetics left that college second year in, took a year off, went to public college after that, 
with all my credits, I'm like, well, I'm kind of screwed here. I'm in this major. I'm like, well, I could get a major in dietetics, but I'm not going to be a hospital food service sort of guy. Oh, let's mm -hmm. get a minor in hotel restaurant management and a minor in business. And that's what I ended up with. Well, ironically, of course, I get out of college and I, you know, become a food and beverage director and then I move into the hotel sphere. And then the next thing I know, I'm moving out of the hotel sphere into like hospitality travel stuff. And then the next thing I know, I'm behind the scenes doing hospitality software marketing. <laughs> and it was just crazy. But yet every step of the way, and even in the hospitality marketing, so here's the interesting, like, okay, how did Rick get from all this hospitality work? And now he's doing this coaching thing about helping people come out of closets. That first job in the hospitality marketing was because we had just acquired two companies. Mm. And so I'm on the marketing team that's bringing all three companies together. They're like, you need to, you know, we need some help getting this done. You need to go find an executive coach to help us. I'm like, well, what the hell is an executive coach? I'm like, it's 1996. I'm like, I have no idea what this is, but I found one, right? And then I remember sitting in that boardroom, watching her do what she did. I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. But in my weird little mind, because I just started this job, I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I just started this job. So, you know, I did go look at what it's coaching all about. Well, then five years later, I come out of the closet and I leave that job and I have a year off. I'm like, well, I'll become a coach. Well, I can't do that right now because, you know, I've got alimony, child support, all this sort of stuff. So, so it didn't happen. Right. But then the next job that I got, it was because of all my experience in hotel stuff and working with software and understanding the industry, it all pieces together. And it's so interesting that if we give breath to the journey, mm -hmm. at least my, and it sounds like you're very much, and I actually, most people that I talk to have really stepped into the personal development world. They will back up everything you and I are talking about. It's like, if yeah. you give breath, then everything will continue to connect. You're not going to see it until you see it. Yeah. But every step of the way. Yeah. And that's why one of the big things that uh, I do for myself and I, whenever a listener messages me or, or uh, sees me at an event and talks to me, I always try to remind people, like, don't stress the goal so much. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm a big, uh, one of the things that I, I recently developed is a new way of setting goals called the leap framework. So we've all heard of like smart goals, right? And yep. the idea yep. is specific, measurable, actionable, uh, relevant, time-based. Unfortunately, that doesn't always work because not all goals are specific outcomes. Yep. So many goals, like we're not looking for, hey, I need this done by X. We're looking for, I just want to like eat better. Like that's mm -hmm. not necessarily a specific outcome by a specific date. Um, so that's where leap goals come in, where it's about long-term changes. It's about empathy for yourself. It's about what can you actually do, the actionable piece. And it's about process focus, which means just by showing up and doing that thing, you win. It's not, hey, you did this thing. Let's, let's use running as an example. I always use that because I just got into running recently. Mm -hmm. um, when I go out for a run, it's not about how fast I went. It's not about how far I went. It's about did I run or not. If I ran, then I win for that day. Like on that goal, like I've been successful. Yep. Um, and I think we need to start treating 
our goal more more of our goals that way because unfortunately we treat everything from this like specific outcome specific timeline approach to things or we either do that because like that's that's what we've been taught with goal setting or we just completely ignore it and we don't treat it like anything we just have it as this like whimsy in the back of our mind like oh i'd like to do this i'd like to have that um we don't really have a middle ground with our goals that allows us to not put so much stress on the outcome and focus more on just doing the thing, just enjoying the process and the journey. And as, as we're, we're both sort of sharing here with our backgrounds, the journey is where all of those decisions happen. And those decisions are what lead to the outcome anyway. So by focusing on that journey, if I was sitting back in my college dorm stressed about, oh, I should be thinking about my career, I would have never learned how to code because that has nothing to do with marketing or art or any of the other majors that I had except for computer science. And at that point, I wasn't a computer science major. So it would have just been, no, I shouldn't do that. That's a waste of my time. I should think purely about this outcome I want to have, this great marketing mm -hmm. job in New York City. Unfortunately, if I did that, I wouldn't have ended up getting the great marketing job in New York City because mm -hmm. my ability to code and these random things I did along the way is what got me there. Yeah. So focus less on the, this massive stress of, oh, this is what I want and like I have to do all the things that align with that and focus more on what is interesting to me right now? What am I curious about? What is, is fun for me? What's going to get me to keep showing up on this, this task that I have, this thing that I want to accomplish? And just focus on that process. When you do that, over time, you end up creating that outcome anyway. And that outcome, what I find so interesting, and I know you talk a lot about this too, Greg, and I love that you've got this whole different goal thing because, yeah, smart goals to me, okay, they're okay. They work to a point. And actually, my coaching school, we have something we tag on to the front of it, um, which is AIM. And... Um, it's been so long since I've used it. I, I don't use it that often, but the aim is like, it's kind of like the precursor stuff. And that's kind of what you're mm -hmm. saying. It's like, what is this precursor that we do, you know? And it's so interesting that if we don't do the precursor stuff, we also don't consistently show up. And I think a lot of people, like they start these smart goals and they're like, okay, here we go. But it's like, but you have to consistently do this. There's like this consistency of everything that is actually how you get where you're going. If you consistently take a tiny leap, if you consistently put one foot in front of the other, you're going to get somewhere. But mm. when you don't consistently show up, it's kind of, and I think you and I can both talk to this as podcasters. To me, one of the things that makes a podcast so successful is consistency. It isn't just having great content. You want to be there every Wednesday. You're releasing your podcast and your, your followers are starting to go, hey, I want to I listen to Greg and I know it's Wednesday. He should be, I'm to the point like if something technical happens, I get, <laughs> I get a bunch of emails from people like, hey, where's the podcast? Of course, you know, being in California <laughs> and mine launches like really early UK time, it's kind of interesting. It's like, okay, I'm sound asleep and I wake up to like, hey, where's the podcast? I'm like, oh, crap. what a way to start my day, right? But it's such an interesting thing. And when we don't consistently go and show up, then we're going to struggle even more. Yeah, absolutely.
And I think it also ties to something I know that you talk about, which is a lot of this making self-empathy a part of what you do. So when you talk about self-empathy, what does that really mean for you, man? To me, it means that we all we all have the ability to be, and many of us strive to be empathetic to the people around us. So if somebody's uh, uh, mean to you in the grocery store, like you might get upset, but later on, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't know what kind of day they were having. Like you give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, we don't ever really apply that to ourselves. And uh, what I'm referring to specifically is with our goal setting, with our, our day-to-day behavior, with the, the choices that we make, all of the things that make up who we are and build the life that we have, mm-hmm. we often think that, well, I've decided I'm going to start going to the gym. So if I don't go to the gym, I've failed. Well, you're not uh, considering that you also have three young kids at home. Like that's a reality for so many people that makes it harder to go to the gym. It shouldn't just be if I don't do X, I'm a failure. Like that's a terrible way of of keeping consistent. That's a terrible way of allowing yourself to have a relationship with failure, uh, which is a, a, a thing that I really want to drive home as well. Like failure is not that big of a deal. We need to have a relationship with it because success requires failure. Like failure is a requirement to be successful. It's not a question of, oh, failure is not an option. That's the most garbage uh, movie line I've ever heard in my life. Um, So we need to be, I hate using the word realistic, which is why I say empathetic, but we Mm -hmm. need to be realistic with what our current situation looks like. Mm-hmm. what those limitations might be, which aren't necessarily bad things. Having kids isn't a bad thing, but it is a limitation for certain things. Right. Um, what those limitations might be and what that means for our ability to act and what that's going to do for us when we treat our goal setting from this place of empathy and recognize those limitations. It's number one, going to allow us to set goals that we can actually stick with long term. Number two, it's going to reduce the price of failure so that we can build a better relationship with it. All of a sudden, screwing up and missing a day doesn't mean you're terrible. It just means, hey, you know what? I've got three kids and that's my limitation right now. I'll try again tomorrow. That's a lot less of a a big deal than than we uh, seem to treat it. And number three, it allows us to... um, stick with something more long-term because we can build showing up into our lives rather than placing our lives around showing up. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the distinction there, just to make that more clear, is we set goals and we say, okay, this is what I'm committing to. And then we try to live the rest of our life around that. When in actuality, we should be living our life and finding where we can fit whatever that goal is. Mm-hmm. I love that juxtaposition because so much of it is like, okay, here's what I'm going to do now. How do I make this work in my life? Mm -hmm. When I know for me, what I have found that's worked really well over the last few years is as I started my coaching practice back in 2009 and then other things started happening, I didn't come into podcasting with that being a goal. But when it showed up for me, I'm like, okay, hmm. My goal is to have a successful business. So where does podcasting now fit into that goal? And mm-hmm. where does it fit into my life? 
And it was such an interesting thing when I started looking at things from that perspective. Oh, people are telling me I should write a book. Okay, well, my goal is to have a successful business. So where does that book fit mm -hmm. into the business? And where does that writing that book fit into my life? And even as we're speaking, I'm writing book number two. And I have, at first I was like, okay, let's do it. I'm excited about it. And then I'm like, damn, when am I going to get this book done? And then I finally said, the book's fitting into your life when you have the time to do it. Yeah. You know, because it's where I choose to put the priority and I'm busy right now with lots of cool stuff that's going on. That's keeping me successful. And what I find is I'm enjoying writing this book now when I have those breaks, like, okay, I've achieved all the other stuff on my to-do list. Now, guess what I get to do? Mm -hmm. I get to be fully present with my book. Yeah. And one thing, just to expand on that, one thing that uh, I've gotten pushback in, on in the past, and uh, rightfully so, and I, I want to address it, is the, this idea of, um, well, you're never going to find time, right? You have to make time. Um, and that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. It's that mindset of like, well, if you want this thing to happen, you have to prioritize it. You have to make that time and carve it out in your life. Um, my counter to that is, and this is just based on my experience, the people that I've spoken to that are listeners, like I can't speak for everybody. Mm -hmm. What I can say is that more often than not, if you can find a way to build that activity into your life, uh, in the way that we're speaking. So uh, mm -hmm. you live. your goal is, I'm going to live my life. And within mm -hmm. that, I'm going to write my book. I'm going to go to the gym, I'm, whatever those goals are for you. Yep. Uh, if you can find a way to do that and integrate it into your actual life so that it's a behavior you follow the same way that you drive to work in the day or the same way that you make breakfast, like this is just another behavior on the list of behaviors you go through during the day, all of a sudden, you're more likely to stick with it long term. And, and this is super important, you're more likely to develop that identity. Absolutely. And this is something we haven't touched on, which is that you're more likely to do something if you have it as a part of your identity. If you identify as a runner, you're more likely to go out for a run. If you don't identify as a runner, but you have this goal of going for a run, you're always forcing yourself. And the distinction between uh, being consistent between those two identities is massive. So the more we can build our goals and the things that we want into our actual lives and find where they can work, uh, being empathetic to our situation, the more we can do that and create routines around them that fit in, the more likely we are to do it for a long enough period of time to develop the identity so that it sticks for a very mm -hmm. long time. Amen and amen. <laughs> I agree 100%. And it was so interesting as you were saying that, Greg, because I immediately went to kind of the core of this audience or what used to be the core of this audience. Now it's much more expanded. But I, I have said this over and over and over to clients that I've worked one-on-one -on -one with who come to me to come out of the closet around their sexuality. How do I, how do I be my gay self? You just make it part of your identity. I'm a bald guy. It's just part of my identity. I'm a father. It's just part of my identity. I'm a podcaster. It's just part of my identity. It's, this isn't something that has to be some huge thing. Mm -hmm. it, you fold it in and it becomes part of your identity. I'm a cyclist. I'm a swimmer. It's part of my identity. Yeah. And it's so funny you say that because it, 
as you're saying that I'm starting to think it's really only when things are new to us that mm-hmm. we spend all this time questioning, well, how does it fit in? Yes. Like once you just do it, mm-hmm. and it and you do it for a long enough period of time, you're no longer questioning it. Like mm-hmm. I wear glasses when I drive. That's not something I question. I just do it. Right. Right. Yeah. Even before we came on this podcast, I was just at the gym swimming and I thought, this is so interesting. A year ago, this wasn't even on my radar. And I started having some like issues with other stuff. I'm not big into the weight room and stuff. Mm. And I had some foot issues and then I had some back issues and then I had some arm issues. I'm like, okay, what can I do that isn't going to like cause me a whole lot of trouble, right? So I started swimming and I loved it. Loved mm. it, loved it, loved it. I got back into spin because I used to send, uh, teach spin. Like, okay, spin this is, is cool. Awesome. So I'm like, okay, great. And then suddenly COVID came along and swimming pool gone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to become a fat pig, right? <laughs> I, you know, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do. And then I'm like, well, wait, Rick, you love to cycle. You've been saying you're going to get back out on your bike. And within two weeks of you know COVID having hit, I'm like, I'm out there every other day on my bike. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm back to, this is just part of who I am. I'm a cyclist. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take long. I think that's the interesting thing that I hope people listening to this podcast realize. It doesn't take long to fold some of this stuff into who you are. And it doesn't take a lot of effort to hold yourself accountable to getting it done. Mm -hmm. Accountability is a piece of this equation too. But it's also find those things that support you in doing the integration that help you realize that lofty goal, it doesn't take a whole lot to make it into the habit and the integration. When I started swimming, I'm like, okay, this isn't that far. I can swim five laps. I'm like, okay, well, that's only 500 meters. Some people were like, wow, you swam 500 meters today? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's see if in a couple of weeks I can be doing 700 and then 1,000 and then 1,500 and then 2,000. I was like, dang, I'm swimming over a mile at this point. But it was because I took that one tiny leap back into the pool, number one. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say, okay, I'm going to swim 2,000 meters today. I would have shot myself in the foot, Mm -hmm. the foot that was already hurting. So it would have been even worse. And I wouldn't have accomplished what I set out to do. Now I go to the pool and I can't wait to get in. Yeah. And the thing is, when you say it so clearly like that, I think everyone hears that and says, oh, yeah, he's right. Like, of course, if he tried 2000 meters the first day, he wouldn't want to do it. The problem is when we are actually in that situation, we often feel like the thing we can do, that tiny little leap that we can take, isn't going to matter. Like we Mm -hmm. feel like it's not big enough. Therefore, why bother? And sometimes like it might be like how long is a sink like halfway half of a lap in a a pool? How much? How what's the distance for that? 50 meters. Somebody might get in the pool and really want to swim and think, you know, what? I'm only going to be able to do 50 meters. So why bother? Like it doesn't feel worth it. But that's how you get up to 2000. Mm -hmm. Like it's about starting doing it, building the identities that you crave it. When I first got into running, I, I think I could only run like half a mile without starting to hate my life. 
Like I, I hated it. I did not like running. I've never liked running. I was the kid in high school that always had the slowest mile time. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it was awful. Um, I only got into it because my girlfriend is really into it. And one of my best friends is really into it. And they would talk about it nonstop. And then after COVID, I couldn't go to the gym anymore. So I was like, okay, I'll try it. The first like four weeks, I hated every second of it. Um, And I only did, I think my max distance was a mile in that time. Um, Fast forward three-ish months, and I legitimately crave it. Regardless of the distance I can go, I need to go for a run on my run days or I feel off. And now distance-wise, like I'm running five miles on Friday. In uh, three weeks, I'm running a 10K. Like distances that when I first started was like, oh my gosh, how do people possibly do this? Mm -hmm. But it's because I started where I could. I was empathetic with myself. I knew that I did not like running. I knew that I had never spent any time developing those muscles or my lungs or my breathing skills or any of the things required to be good at it. I knew all of that. I was empathetic with myself and I allowed myself to do what I, excuse me, I allowed myself to do what I could in that moment. And that's the thing that I think is most important is we give ourselves grace. We give ourselves permission and we choose to do it our way. Now, of course, I just threw out like three big things of a talk that I do, but it's really what it's about. Mm. You have to give yourself permission and grace to do that thing you say you want to do. But in that grace is where you also choose to do it your way. I don't care if you're going to want to run a marathon. You're going to find the path that gets you there. But you have to have the grace with yourself and the empathy to say, this is how I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yes, you'll probably get some great trainers and coaches that can help you along the way. But realize you're going to be more tied to the outcome if you're giving yourself the permission to do it the way you know you can do it. And that's what this whole podcast is about, is doing it your way and truly stepping into these spaces where, as Greg has said all through this podcast, that when you take those tiny leaps, whatever that tiny leap is today for you, I don't, I don't think Greg and I either one care what it is that you're trying to get done. Think about what's the next smallest step you can take. Because if you take that step, then what's the next smallest step you can take? And what's the next tiny leap and the tiny leap after that? Because suddenly those tiny leaps come together and they culminate into one big leap that suddenly one day you will be swimming 2000 meters or you'll be running a 10 K run, or you'll finally be coming out of the closet to look at some of the people you love the most and say, I'm gay. So Greg, I really appreciate you buddy being here and sharing this. So the podcast is, Tiny Leaps, right? Yep. Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, The book is available too. Yep. Book is available online. Um, I wouldn't recommend going to stores, but I guess if you really want to, uh, you you can get them there too. Um, And is it all right if I I mention something I've been working on around Absolutely, man. I want you to talk about the consistency thing. I was just going to ask you about it before we wrapped up. So bring it up, man. 
Awesome. So a lot of the stuff that I, I've been talking about in this conversation um, comes from a course that I recently developed called The Consistency Code. And the idea behind it is very straightforward. Consistency is the number one struggle that people have in their personal development, regardless of their goals. Sticking with it for a long period of time is always going to be required to find success. But it's so difficult to do that. Inside the course, we explore why it's difficult, the things that we're relying on, things like willpower that quite honestly have no place uh, in, in our goal setting and, and really should not be a source of energy for creating change long term. We talk about what you can do instead and how you can create changes that actually stick. So if you want to learn more about that, just head over to consistencycourse.com. That's consistencycourse.com. So glad, so glad that you're doing that, man, because I think that is, that is one of the key components to so much of this. And it kind of goes back to like the podcast concept. If you're consistently putting out that podcast, you're going to consistently get results mm -hmm. all the way through, all the way through. So I encourage everybody to go check out Greg's stuff. I would love to have you like get involved with him in any way that you can and really take those tiny leaps to make those big changes in your life. So thanks again, man, for being here, Greg. I so appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for having me. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Uncloseted. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.